By speaking with local creators, artists, and business professionals, PaperCut aims to cut deep and demystify the Winnipeg creative industry with hometown heroes and hidden gems. Brought to you by the West End Cultural Center, the best place for over 30 years to see live music in Winnipeg. Welcome to Paper Cup Podcast. My name is Jared Goche. I'm Olivia Michaelchuk. We're here with Stefan Hodges. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Stefan Hodges, singer and guitar player in Animal Teeth and resident of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Born and raised? Born and raised. I uh, took a break for a little while, taking another break as of like three weeks from now. Interesting. Was the first break a music break? No, it was a. Uh, I guess. Go to Toronto, Montreal, you know. It was it a music break, but it was my dad's music break. He was doing a master's in classical guitar in Tallahassee, Florida. So we lived there for two years. Cool. So now this is your musical break. This is well, no, it's a school break. Also school break, also masters, but uh, not musical. Break from music, maybe. Yeah. No, that's no, awesome. Can, congratulations on going for your masters. Thanks. You're very master. I'm okay. I'm masters list. Sweet. Yeah. Well, that's, yes. That's, so is he. Yeah. Well, you're also, currently well, I'm the only yeah. one with a master's degree here. Oh, cool. A little flex. Anyway, congrats. Tell us a little bit. <laughs> yeah. It's Bow recent. Down. I can still do that. <laughs> yeah. You got another sequence. Yeah, and then I gotta cool it. Yeah. <laughs> so tell us about Animal Teeth. Um, Animal Teeth is a band that has. Been, it started as a four-piece, and it was kind of an indie rock four-piece band. And uh, then one of our guitar players, or the other guitar player, moved to Toronto. His name's Hudson. And uh, we've had like kind of a rotation of different um, like auxiliary, auxiliary, I can't say that word, uh, players over the last couple of years. Um, but mostly it's been a three-piece, and we've kind of become a bit more... Um, kind of rootsy, I suppose, Americana-ish. Yeah, and we're putting out our last EP on well tomorrow, so Friday, which I guess is going to be in the past. Yeah, <laughs> when this comes out, yeah. we we picked a very odd and magical time to yeah. interview you because it's future past. Yeah, so <laughs> the show would have happened on the past Friday from yeah. the Monday in which the interview comes out. So mm-hmm. this is going to be fun. It's going to be an immediately relevant time capsule. Yeah. yeah as soon as sweet. it comes out, you're going to be already, going yeah. the show. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Especially relevant because it's like, or in, like a time capsule because it's supposed to be our last show. So, yeah. It's, it's kind supposed of an, to be our last show. Well, it Ooh. definitely will be for the foreseeable future, but right. I feel like it doesn't really make sense to put a nail in a coffin, but maybe it's the right time. So. Lots of uncertainty, I guess. So it's going to be kind of an open ending. There might be something more in the future, or uh, it's an ending thus far for Animal Teeth, but it's kind of. Um, I mean, I've had a great time playing music with Adam and Ian over the last uh, like nine years. Wow. So um, I wouldn't want to. Like, we're definitely not enemies at this point. <laughs> so, yeah, I wouldn't want to alienate the possibility of like playing music with them again. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your feelings towards wrapping up a project that you've been working on for so long? Um, yeah. So, like, I haven't really processed um, what it'll be like at this point. It's Animal Teeth's been together for seven years. 
So it's kind of been a big part of my kind of identity that I hold with me when I move through like Winnipeg music spaces and stuff. And I don't really know what it'll be like to kind of break out of that for a while, especially moving to another city where I won't have to deal with that kind of context or baggage at all. So I'm kind of excited and nervous. Um, I think that I'm seeing a lot of like returns to um, what it was like for me when I first started playing music in terms of just kind of having a bit more of a blank sheet. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that, I think, and having a bit more opportunity f- like going forwards to kind of decide what it should be instead of like wrapping it within a project that's been existing for so long. So. So what made you decide to release an EP now? Is this something that was going to come out before you were accepted into your master's program, or is this something that you're doing because it's the last show? Um, I think I've known that I would be moving away for about a year now, and most of these songs are about a year old or older than that, and I think we just kind of had a collection of songs um, that we wanted to record, and then we started to realize that there was going to be a bit of a um, like a time limit on our kind of packaging of those songs, and it just kind of happened that we had uh, a six-song EP, and our first release was a six-song EP, so it kind of seemed like a good, um, like balanced uh, way to kind of put a bookend on it. Mm-hmm. So we have. Yeah, a six-song EP that we released in 2012 called Me and You. And then we put out two full-length albums, and then this is kind of the the close on that sort of period, I guess. And have, been, yeah. have people been talking to you, or like, what is the reaction to this show and the band being no more? It is, well, yeah, in the foreseeable future. Yeah. It's a huge project in Winnipeg. It's... Oh, thanks. Well, <laughs> yeah, like, how, you know, I know, we all know that it's just like a... I don't know. I don't really see it as being a huge project. It's been, like, a lengthy project, and we've, like, been able to, like, form relationships with a lot of people that are involved in the music scene, and that's been really cool. Mm-hmm. But, like, we still play shows in Winnipeg to, like, 10 people on a regular basis. So. Really? Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, two show or, like, the last show we played, we played at 4th maybe two weeks ago and it was our second last show and I think that there were like probably less than 20 people there which is a really comfortable number for us like we uh we like playing shows to like 60 or 80 people but I feel like we're much more used to playing to shows shows to like 20 people in like an attic or something wow yeah I guess when I say huge I I guess I'm not really talking about the size of the audience yeah the impact on the on the local music scene, oh, well, don't you think? That's really nice. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, in your respective genre, at, at least, right? Mm-hmm. But obviously, there's like a wider impact of the project. So what have the reactions from people been was kind of my original question. Or like, is there mm-hmm. lots of people coming up to you and talking to you about No, there there have been like a couple, like, yeah, I guess there's been... Uh, small interactions like leading up to this point where people kind of like almost don't believe that it's the last show which I think is 
fair because it doesn't necessarily have to be but um i think that like there have also been really nice interactions where somebody were wasn't really expecting like would send me a text being like congrats on the project and stuff so mm -hmm. i guess maybe there's yeah a bit of like a, a sort of totality to it at this point where people feel like they can just like shake your hand for it <laughs> instead of like being like what's next or something mm -hmm. yeah yeah so moving to a new city and you you said you, you had formed connections and bonds in within the music scene in winnipeg mm -hmm. is that something you'd like to submerse yourself a little bit in just to have that familiar aspect or in, are you strictly school oh um no like so this is what i'm kind of excited about is uh going to shows like i'm a very nervous person so the idea of like going to shows without like anybody knowing who I am or what I've worked on is very comforting to me <laughs> like I'm I'm pretty excited about kind of going it I mean I'm also a very nostalgic person and so I'm looking back at this point when I would go to shows um like not really knowing too much about the bands and um feeling very free at, at those shows because of like this level of excitement and like s small like a bit more anonymity um, and so I'm feeling like it'll probably be a little bit more like that in Montreal and I can um, either choose to form relationships with people or just stay kind of um, isolated from that and I'm, I'm kind of excited at having like that much agency in going to shows in Montreal but uh yeah, it, I might be basing most of that in like nostalgia and and like naivety or something. So um, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Are there shows already on your radar, or like Montreal bands? <laughs> already planning. Or venues? Like, is there anything that you already have, or are you trying to go there? Um, I don't know. I really like this uh, bar called. Uh, Bar de Courcelles, which is kind of close to where I live, but I don't think that they have shows there very often or that they're like the kind of scene that I would go to, I guess. Um, but we played a show, like the show that we played at Fourth the other day was with this band called Laps, and they were really great, and I really want to like just become their friend. I'm just going <laughs> to like try to force friendship on them as, as much as possible. And uh, Chris Hauer also played that show, and he was a really nice person, a nice person to talk to. So, yeah, I'm sure that there will be um, lots of, like... And we've kind of had a really good time playing shows with bands from Montreal, so I'm pretty eager to meet people. Like, the Luyas were really nice. We connected with them. Um, Nick Everett and, like, Mauno, I mm -hmm. guess, is based there now. Um, so, yeah, there's like some some cool people that I'm excited to kind of be in closer proximity to yeah hmm. are you bilingual yeah I went to school like at college oh nice we caught your accent yeah on yeah, the, yeah. The, the, talking about the venue oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I've lost a lot of it I'm like a little nervous to go to a place where it's so <laughs> fluent and people yeah. are like a little bit more critical maybe of that but um yeah, it's, it's definitely exciting to be, like, moving to a, a space that has a lot more French language around it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I went to French Immersion, and yeah. I took a trip uh, to Montreal a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I was trying to order McDonald's in French. Yeah. And the guy, like, I was kind of struggling, and the guy was just 
honest, like, you can speak English, like, it's oh. fine. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. No, is... like, you gotta learn. <laughs> exactly. Like, you definitely want to practice. And I feel like I've heard stories from people that are like both sides of that where some people will just like switch to English completely or some people will kind of I don't know permit you to to practice yeah yeah I I just went to Montreal and I had a really tough time I couldn't I went right after high school and that was fine like I understood everything and maybe four Mm -hmm. years after high school too I was still understanding and like talking to like the cab driver talking to the person I was ordering food from but I went this time and like it was so scary. Really? I didn't understand Because of the thing. French? Oh, where... Now, all the road signs, like mm. here, road signs are in English and French. Yeah. And there, it's just French. And mm-hmm. it's just, it was so scary. Yeah. Nobody would speak English to me, really. So it was just like, even like bus drivers, like transit drivers. Interesting. Knew. Oh, it was the scariest thing. Yeah, well, there's like, <laughs> obviously, there's some mm. pretty like scary reactionary stuff to people moving to Quebec and them like really trying to reaffirm their culture through like, some racist stuff, <laughs> which sucks. Um, s- some of it's also like reactionary to uh, like all the English students that move in and kind of take over and like raise rents and stuff. So right, right. I think that that's like maybe a bit more valid than um, some of the like cultural kind of bullshit that's happening right now, <laughs> or racist bullshit more properly, I guess. Yeah. yeah. So what's uh? <laughs> So, yeah. <laughs> on another note, um, what's the first, uh, when, when do you leave? Like, is it like in a couple weeks or a month or two? Or? Yeah, it's August 10th, so it's in like three weeks. Oh, that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Are you, what kind of packer are you? Are you a last minute or is everything? Oh, I've had to, so my uh, boss is Greg McPherson, who okay. is a local musician, really great guy. Um, and like I was gonna try to rent a U-Haul and just put all my stuff in it and not really think about it and he's like oh you should look at how much that's gonna cost you and sure enough it was gonna be like $1,600 yeah so I uh Rob Gardner who's also a musician is moving back at the same time and he's a mutual friend of uh well he plays drums in Greg's band um and so Greg's like I can work this out and so (laughs) he's uh going on tour at the end of the month and he's gonna bring my stuff out and then he's going to drive Rob's stuff back. But we're putting it all into an SUV. So I'm not bringing any furniture. <clears throat> and I've like had to like kind of thoughtfully get rid of things over the last month. All your records? Yeah, like a, a good like quarter of my records. Which That was only a quarter. Yeah. That's impressive. It's probably even less than that. But it was definitely like the, the ones that I could monetize, like the ones that weren't like absolute like garbage. And uh the ones that I thought I could kind of live without, so, yeah. Wild. <laughs> yeah, I've had to do the same thing with, like, instruments and stuff, and, yeah, it's it's tough, sort of tough decision, but also kind of nice to start fresh, although I don't think I'm going to have any money on the other side to, like, really start fresh with, like, much, uh, I don't know, green grass, but it'll be a kind of slow recuperation. It'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get nestled into the minimalist lifestyle for a little while. Yeah. Like I kind of <laughs> hate like the, the, I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about minimalism. Um, I like having lots of stuff personally, and I have like a pretty intense attachment to my things, I think, which is kind of Yeah, the nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. You're a nostalgic person. Yeah. (laughs) I have a hard time with that too, and like I couldn't even fathom having to move away to another province where you have to, you need to 
A, reduce your size mm-hmm. to fit everything in and also make money to be able to afford, you know, what you're going to be doing. Totally. That's why you sell your records. <laughs> what's one record what's your favorite record that you would absolutely never part with oh i don't know if i have like it changes all the time and i kind of like like through this process i've kind of learned that um like records are really based in like moments for me i and so it's kind of nice once you're past that moment to just like uh sell that off and like move on to the next thing instead of kind of hoarding these things that you don't really listen to. I guess that's like sort of a minimalism idea, but um, at the same time, like there probably are a couple where it's like, I feel like I have a relationship to the artist, so I'll keep like one of their records instead of like five. So like, even though I don't listen to Radiohead that much anymore, I still like uh, hold kind of a dear spot in my heart for them. Almost same thing with Yola Tango. I think I had oh actually I only got rid of one of my Yolo Tango records I think I kept like four so maybe that one that's a band <laughs> that I would have a harder time getting rid of yeah we're taking you down a very uh a road that was like no end like we could yeah probably yeah talk about each of my records if <laughs> yeah, like. yeah exactly so I want to talk a bit about your um as as an artist, mm-hmm. a musician, when did you start playing, and how did you get here from there? Mm, I uh, well, my dad's a musician. My dad plays guitar, and I think wanted to um, kind of get me into guitar at a really early age, and I kind of resisted that and really wanted to play drums. So I started drum lessons when I was nine and played drums mostly throughout high like throughout high school and then um i broke like a leg or something i, I like broke a lot of bones in high school okay wait and, sorry one second a yeah. leg or something <laughs> well yeah you gotta I, know for sure okay like I, I broke my leg okay maybe three times and then my like wrists maybe four times throughout high school skateboarder or something uh yeah but a lot of it was just freak accidents like the worst one was falling off a horse and then like i also got a bad injury like on the tubes at uh festival du voyageur oh yeah yeah um but yeah so there were all these injuries that kind of like forced me not to play sports and stuff also concussions where i couldn't really play sports but it was really nice to just focus on music but guitar was a lot more creative and like uh, I felt like I could maybe focus on it a little bit more when I was learning it for the first time again or yeah learning it again (laughs) but like seemingly for the first time Mm -hmm. um and so I really picked that up like through my various injuries and then was much more interested in um kind of writing on the guitar like around the end of high school um, but I played in like jazz bands and stuff, like with the high school jazz bands, not like good jazz bands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like trip to Brandon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys were, did you do the jazz band thing? Or? No, I didn't do the jazz band thing, but I had a crush on somebody that was in jazz okay. band. So I would listen to him talk about, <laughs> about it. About going to Brandon? I did. Yeah. He, he talked about Brandon. I don't know. Yeah. 
But yeah, all the jazz bands went to Brandon. Yeah, for some reason, I guess this jazz festival. It's kind of a um, underwhelming band trip, I guess. Yeah, like yeah. great, like and somebody judges that too. Poor yeah. person that has to sit through grade like seven yeah. and eight kids playing. Yeah, like jazz no music. No slate at all on Brandon though. Brandon's really cool. It's just you yeah, probably no, no, want to go a little. You want to go a little further. This particular thing happening yeah. in Brandon. Yeah. Exactly. Wherever this particular thing happened, it would suck. Yeah. No matter where it was, it yeah, just happens sure. to be in Brandon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like jazz band was way cooler than guitar class though. Yeah. Hands down. I didn't get to guitar class. Guitar class cool. is like. 50 people playing guitar at the same time. That's why I could not do it. Yeah. Is that a French immersion thing? It was in French immersion. Yeah. yeah, And like several (laughs) of the... That was everywhere though. No. Did, um, oh, did you have shops? Yeah. We didn't. Mm. What? Guitars are less expensive than woodworking (laughs) machinery. (laughs) Yeah. Well, we don't have to buy the materials. Yeah. Everybody buy their own. (laughs) No, I mean for the the school. It's like, yeah. Yeah, that was hard. <laughs> yeah. It's like, that's, so the thing I really liked about jazz band is that it got you, like, even more than concert band, it taught you to kind of listen when you're playing and, like, pay attention to the other musicians around you. And I feel like it's harder to do that in a group of 50 nylon string guitars that are, like, playing, uh, I don't know what. Hot cross buns Yeah, or right. <laughs> like, single line. Yeah. yeah, and somebody else screws up, then you screw up, yeah. and then the whole thing. <laughs> the teacher has got to be like, oh, man. Yeah, not yeah, that must be an exercise yeah, in patience for yeah, sure. Great way to learn, though. Um, totally. So next step, <laughs> okay, after j- your jazz band trip. Okay, maybe I'll fast forward because I could probably. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out how to be concise. Um, so yeah, started playing music with some people. Uh, this guy Zach Allard set me up with a band called Vela, and that was fun. And uh, then I refound uh, Ian and Adam had this band on MySpace, and I played hockey with them when I was like 12, 13, then 14, stopped because of concussions. And uh, but I found their band on MySpace that was called Spirit Children. It was just this music project that they had been working on. Their songs were amazing, and their recordings, to my ears at that point, were like really great um they still are really great but um like especially when you don't know what you're doing they had a good year for like arrangements and stuff it was really cool um so i wanted to book a vela show and i was like you guys should really open they're like ah well we don't really have a band and i was like i'll put together a band for you (laughs) and just kind of convince them to keep playing music with me onwards after that and so we've been playing music for yeah about nine years together and it's a it's an interesting thing like it's really great in the sense that we really uh know how to play together as musicians like we really understand each other and can like anticipate each other and but we also have never really had to communicate and there's probably like a bit of toxic masculinity in there but there's also just like the fact that it's been this far so it's a lot of it it goes unspoken for better or for worse and uh yeah it's it's been an interesting relationship like um kind of maintaining those like we have weekly band practices and we've been maintaining that for like nine years now so it's pretty interesting yeah wow yeah (laughs) so in terms of saying that you don't communicate like while you're playing like you don't like you've what like, you don't say what you're going to do next. You guys just all figure it out 
yeah. together and just don't yeah, talk. Yeah, we very rarely talk about the creative process. Uh, we usually, like, I'll come with a song, and then we'll play through that song a couple times without really talking. Sometimes they'll just start playing on it as soon as I start. Like, they won't even listen to the song to start. <laughs> and we just kind of roll into it, and it develops. And it usually doesn't change very drastically from the first time that we play through it. So there's kind of a sense of understanding what we each want to hear. I think we kind of understand what our interests are at this point and can understand like how much space to leave for each other. Um, but in that we also like don't communicate a lot. So like it's interesting because music for me is absolutely like an exercise in, in presence, um, whether that's with other people or with yourself. Um, and often like our band practices are extremely present situations but it's hard to be present um with our like spoken communication i think we've gotten better about it recently but um too late yeah too late <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> oh damn <coughs> just bring it up. yeah sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah would you be able to touch a little bit on the toxic masculinity that you had brought up as well? Like, how does that play into it? Yeah, I guess when people hear toxic masculinity, they freak out because they associate it to, like, the most extreme forms of violence and stuff. Um, but for that, it's just, like, um, guys, for some reason, often aren't really good at um, speaking and listening um, or they'll be good at speaking but not listening. And in our case, we're not really good at either of those. Or I'll speak a lot, <laughs> but I won't really listen. And it's hard to um, sometimes, like, a lot of... Uh, I have a couple groups of friends that are really, um, like, based around guys. And um, those, like dynamics are much different in the way that we hold conversations and we like hold space for each other than in kind of more gender balanced um groups that I hang out with I think and I don't really know what it is like I haven't put much thought into um like why it's like that but it you can just kind of sense it sometimes where like it feels a little bit more awkward for all parties to like bring up like a concern properly and like really make space for that to come up and uh to to like work it out maybe there's like the sense that we should be able to figure out our concerns on our own and deal with them or just like um yeah i don't know um kind of sling them over our shoulders and not really worry about it mm -hmm. Um, so there's a lot of silence in, in that. And I think that that may be something that's kind of uh, been a thing that we work. I don't know if I would ever really want to be in a band that's just only guys again for that reason. I think that like, um, like we've uh, really managed to understand ourselves well as, as musicians and stuff. But I think that as a group, it's probably been a bit of a detriment to us um and it's probably hard for other people coming in too because they're like what is this these guys don't talk they just play music <laughs> it's like probably kind of confusing and um yeah yeah it's it's a weird dynamic for that's sure that's so interesting i don't think we've talked much to people about the dynamic of their practices mm -hmm. ever 
Yeah. So hearing this is absolutely no, not what I thought. Yeah, I mean, it. I'm sure that everybody has like an interesting, very different dynamic yeah. that they could speak to, and they're maybe a little nervous to speak to it. I like absolutely love Ian and Adam, um, and like I'm very thankful for that relationship. Um, so I feel kind of I feel comfortable speaking about that because I don't think that they would. Or, I don't think that they would feel awkward about that. Um, yeah, there's many positive things to our relationship, and there's also like these kind of weirder aspects for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, and I think that's really interesting that you're able to understand, you know, that how that dynamic works, mm-hmm. and you're able to deconstruct it, but at the same time, still able to work together and produce something, you know, so mm-hmm. amazing. Thanks. That's cool. So yeah. I would just want to touch a little bit more on the aspect of like writing a song the way it was yeah like having a song say the way it was on the first take and some of that communication is there sometimes when it goes a direction that you it's sort of like oh that's not where I want <laughs> to go and it ends up going there and you can't really take it back it's just where <laughs> it went um I can sort of anticipate where it's going to go at this point. So even like I definitely write like the songs that I bring to Animal Teeth are meant to be Animal Teeth songs. Like most I think the last song that I wrote was intended to be in like a sort of three, four swing. And then I was like, no, it's like not going to work. Ian's really good at playing straight and he can absolutely play in a swing. And we have songs that are um, in swing, but like uh, quite often like he's he's a driving drummer and uh so he'll put it in straight time and it probably sounds a lot better in straight time that's probably like a small thing that um where like I wouldn't have really considered moving it into that but it gives it another dynamic because the song becomes more like driving than like lilting or something um it's really interesting right now playing um in advance of this show tomorrow or two days past um, (laughs) where we're playing a couple songs from the first EP but we're getting Hudson's uh, guitar parts in there our friend Levi's playing Hudson's guitar parts and we haven't played those like we've played those songs recently but we haven't played them with those guitar parts and haven't played them as a four piece in a while and it's really interesting like how much of a difference that makes like those guitar parts are really smart and they really take uh they like really carry the song in different ways and they like it picks up the song um like in this part going into the chorus kind of there's this really cool kind of lower mid-range guitar part that he throws in and it makes it like a little bit darker um and i think it's in uh me and you that he does that and uh yeah it's it's fun playing with those extra dynamics but also um having like having to take up less space so like a big thing when we became a three-piece is i had to figure out how to take up more space um and then when we've moved back to playing these songs the way that we used to i can just be a rhythm guitarist again and it's really fun just focusing on on like uh a much kind of tighter feel i guess and less melody and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah so awesome so what are you most excited about going into this show tomorrow two days ago um Ooh, and then i've got a follow-up question okay nice <laughs> uh i'm excited to play in a small and what will probably be a pretty sweaty room 
Um, it I'm a, like this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except yeah. it won't smell like burnt hot dogs. <laughs> yeah, it, it might. We'll see. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if I have something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to... I don't feel very nervous for this show in the past, especially for this show that was two shows ago um, that I was expecting to be our, last, our second last show. I got super nervous, and I didn't sleep for, like, two days on either side because... I was like, ah, this is my second last impression, <laughs> or like for a lot of people, my last impression. But I don't feel that at all um, for this. Like the last couple band practices have been really good, so I'm excited to play um, the songs confidently and like with kind of a bit of a relaxed feel, I guess. I'm also excited to, I guess I can say what the band is that's opening um, since it's in the future oh, yeah. <laughs> it's in the but, past now. yeah some yeah gossip. we're not allowed we to it's uh slow spirits playing but what? they're also playing a show tonight so they weren't allowed to announce that they're playing but um yeah slow spirit are just like have been good friends of ours for a long time and they were one of um like they're one of the bands that i got kind of the most excited about when i first heard them um, so I'm, yeah, I'm really happy that they're going to be playing as well. Nice. Nice. Yeah. So now my follow up and to wrap it all up using this as a time capsule. Mm-hmm. What do you think you're going to feel once the show finishes? Tomorrow. Oh, <laughs> oh that made me emotional. <laughs> I was actually going to cry. <laughs> if you had to wrap Jeez. it all up. I don't think I'll be like sad or crying. Not I, like it, me. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like a, a feeling of loss just yet. Like I'm pretty familiar with that feeling and I think that it's probably like very present through our music, but um it feels pretty good to wrap it up at this point. So it might feel different. I'm sure it'll feel somewhat different tomorrow. But um, yeah, I'm just kind of excited, really. I think it's been good leading up to this point. And I think that I feel pretty good about the idea of just closing it off for at least the foreseeable future. Sorry, I do have another one. Yeah. So like with this EP, like, is there, what if, that EP is like shoots to popularity. Like, that's oh, it like, won't. <laughs> but what, okay, so like, but like, you're not, you're not. Well, I guess it doesn't really matter. I guess, right? Like, if it's, yeah. <laughs> How popular no. does it need to get for you to forget about a master's degree? <laughs> no, 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 not forget about a master's degree, but for it to be like, okay, well, maybe like we when like I come back for Christmas, get the band we should, back. Yeah, we should get the band back together. Yeah, no, I think that we're like pretty familiar with the process of like spending a bunch of money making a recording and getting like a bunch of cassettes and then just having those sit in boxes for a while mm-hmm. and I really don't think it's going to be very much different for this one I'm sure that people will feel like maybe I don't know at a release people always pick up a bunch of cassettes but I think that it's usually a pretty um small slow impact for people and I'm expecting it'll probably be the same so yeah so, plans as usual. Yeah, <laughs> get a job. <laughs> go to school, get a job. Yeah. And then maybe... What are you going visit. to school for? Uh, geography. Um, it's housing research, though. Oh, that's mm. so interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, housing's my interest. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, a lot of the EP, I would say, is probably about 
housing. I don't want to say much more than that because I think people should just read into it. But yeah, um, yeah, maybe keep that in mind or something or don't. <laughs> yeah, well, opposite. Like, yeah. You should have kept that in mind. Yeah. <laughs> for the next time you listen to the tape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Ready? Yeah. So thanks so much for Thank joining. you so much for joining us today. Congratulations on going back to school. Thanks. Um, and thank, thank you, you for, for cutting, cutting deep, deep with us on Paper Cut, Cut Podcast. Podcast. Thanks. thanks.